Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Oz Business Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company as we kick off Thursday afternoon, as usual, with the call analysing 10 stocks that you send in and we get the, uh, the expert eye of our panel to uh, give you a bit of guidance on them. And uh, today, delighted to have back Rudy Philippic van Dyke from uh, FN Arena. Rudy, good to see you. Watch this one. Ah, uh, yes, exactly. That's the evil eye, is it? And that's the <laughs> analytical one. <laughs> and Carl Kappelinger from uh, Think Markets. Carl, good to see you. Which eye are you going to be using, the evil or the analytical? <laughs> uh, did, did, you, did you say eagle, eagle eye? Yeah, uh, eagle. Seeing as I'm a West Coast supporter, so I'll go with the eagles. I know, I know. And I have you on the program anyhow. All right. You're, you're looking good, though, coming into the finals. Yeah, well, we've got a few big outs, unfortunately. So is this, are we talking stocks or, or footy today? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm no, well, we'll, leave, we'll leave footy later. And right. if we meet in the finals, we'll, uh, we'll have our own bet on it. We'll have a bottle of red on it. Will do. <laughs> All yeah. right, uh, before we get into your 10 stocks, I choose a stock that's in the news. Thought we'd take a look at Seek today, the big online uh, jobs uh, business. It's Chinese Digital Jobs Classifieds Business. Zhao Pin is uh, speaking to potential investors amid speculation e-commerce giant Alibaba could invest hundreds of millions of dollars into the company. It's told the ASX yesterday that Zhao Pin and its shareholders were discussing with a number of parties for new investment and whether this could better support Zhao Pin's long-term growth. It didn't name Alibaba directly and mentioned that discussions may or may not lead to anything. So. Does this change any opinions on Seek? Uh, what do you reckon of Seek, Rudy? That the, the Chinese business has been a big growth area for it, hasn't it, over the recent years? I would use a different word. I would say saviour. Oh, saviour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, if, if, anything, um, if anything that has emerged over the past decade or so is that, because we have three very successful online classifieds stores yep. in Australia. I mean, we have, we have realestate.com, which now is REA Group. Yep. We have car sales and we have, and we have Seek. Yep. And I personally have been a, a big fan for investors to, uh, to have those in, in the portfolio. Right. Um, I've never owned, I do own two of them. I've never owned Seek um, uh, because by the time I started looking into them, they, uh, they saw increasingly uh, competition from overseas coming, coming into Australia, um, from LinkedIn and others. Yeah. Well, they've successfully fended that one off, um, but as again has emerged uh, this year in the pandemic, job ads are more vulnerable than property and, and secondhand cars. And, yeah. and they've definitely shown that this year again, had to, had to scrap their dividends. In the background, um, they are constantly being forced to make ongoing large investments. And that's a good thing. Yeah. But it, it has meant that they have, have now built up a track record of pretty much consistently disappointing investors. 
um, because if you have constantly the need to make investments, investors are constantly waiting for like when when are we going to see the results from that. Um, so in recent years, the Chinese story basically ha has has been the savior of of uh, Seek, mm. and there's been a quite a talk for a while that they would um, do something with that Chinese asset. Uh, I guess, I mean, cats out of the bag now. Yeah. Now we know they're doing something. I think the market will respond positively. Yeah. Um, but I think beyond the China story, I still think they have that problem that um, economically, I think, and impl implicitly the, the labor market in Australia is not going to look better next oh. year immediately. Okay. And that should all Despite today's equal. great figures. Yes, but <laughs> man. Uh, jo JobKeeper yes, sort of misleads exactly. those exactly. figures exactly. out today. Yes. Uh, if you haven't caught up, something like 100,000 new jobs created. Uh, yeah. Unemployment actually went down. But if you're on JobKeeper, you're not counted. And yes, when that starts to water down, you the big fear is, will companies start the redundancy? You, know, you, know, you know what they say, statistics, lies, and then damn lies. Yeah, yeah. Then, you know. This is a damn lie. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> so, no for Seek? No for Seek. Okay. Carl, what do you think of Seek? Yeah, look, it's it's a no from me as well at this point. Uh, Zalpin is a bit of the jewel in the crown for them. The, the rumours are, and there's rumours at this stage, is that Alibaba is looking to take a, a minority stake in, in the business. So it's not um, a takeover or anything like that. Um, so I wouldn't get um, too excited. So so yep, they may see a return on their on that investment, but it's not something that's uh, going to, you know, change the, the seek share price by dollars and dollars. Um, so right. that's the first thing I'd say about potential deal. Um, uh, in looking at their last um, re results, Seek said that you know growth in that business is about 16% per annum. Uh, it's about the opposite of that outside of um, Zalpin for the rest of Seek, uh, but largely impacted by uh, by COVID, uh, the events of the last um, you know, sort of three to six months. So they're looking at about a 25% uh, drop in their earnings over the next 12 months. And you need to, I guess, ask yourself as an investor, do I think that's going to rebound um, very quickly. The share price hasn't really come off that much in comparison, um, but certainly the, the, the stock isn't cheap by any stretch of the imagination. The PE, uh, I want to just find my notes here, but it's in, it looks like it's in triple digits uh, and potentially reflecting some of the growth of it that, that, that maybe they were hoping to get out of China. And it's, yeah, and, but the growth isn't going to be there. So um, I, I question why you would buy a stock that uh, it, it doesn't look cheap and doesn't really have a great growth story uh, in the near term. So there's two big question marks on it. Uh, hmm. from me from that perspective. Looking at the chart um, and just having a look at some of the te technical analysis, I like to find an alignment of short-term and long-term trends. That is uh, a short-term uptrend telling me that the shorter-term focused investors are buying and a long-term uptrend telling me that uh, on the big pullbacks, the, the, the long-term investors are stepping in and supporting the price. Uh, so the short-term trend is flat to nothing. The long-term trend is flat to nothing. Uh, and we've got two strikes there as well. So I can't see any great reason to buy it on the fundamentals and I can't see any great reason to buy it on the technicals, so double no for me. Right, okay. Uh, let's get into the stocks that uh, you've suggested. Uh, Lakshay, uh, Carl wants a view on Eagers Automotive, the uh, new and used car um, sales group, but they're also in, in parts as well and accessories. Um, we saw those uh, figures come out yesterday that there's been a, a massive increase in used car sales and used car prices over the last couple of months as well. I've got a, uh, a relative who works for Westside Auto over, uh, over your side of, uh, 
of the country, Carl, in Western Australia, who's been telling me used car sales going great guns at the moment. Yeah, look, I mean, I've, uh, around the, um, you know, the sort of the, the barbecues and things like that, I've got a few buddies in the in that um, sector as well, and they've reported that things basically didn't slow down at all, down no. at all after after the first sort of week or so of, of, of those COVID restrictions. Obviously, in WA, we're in a better position uh, than the rest of the country, um, and, and the numbers for used car sales bear that out as well. You just had to lives. get that in, didn't you? <laughs> you yeah, West no, Australians doing why better not? than the Easterners. <laughs> It, it is an absolute fact, uh, <laughs> uh, but we had the lowest con- contraction in, uh, in used car, in used, uh, new and used car sales, I think, yep. as well. So, um, but but look, the, look, they're doing very well. Um, their last uh, full year re- re- results, so uh, you know, I wouldn't maybe not an A plus, but geez, it's definitely an A, pretty close to it. Um, so, you know, very well run company. They've just recently uh, had an investment from Toyota Financial Services as well. That's a little bit of a vote of confidence uh, in the business going forward. Uh, and, they're just just doing really really well. I mean, there's some numbers um, out late last week about um, a lot of uh, the, the 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 money that's come out in stimulus has been saved and not spent. Um, so there's still a pool of savings there once people get their confidence back to go out and buy new cars because we can't travel anymore. Um, I saw another bit of data that suggested about 61 billion dollars of uh, of spending that otherwise would have gone to to travel. Uh, won't be spent in 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 2021, and that obviously uh, can support here as well. So I think that you know there's some tailwinds in, in the fundamentals. Um, much of it's structural, but those structural changes probably going to persist for the next six to 12 months, which is a typical um, investing timeframe uh, for the market. From the technical perspective, I've mentioned before, I like to see those short and long-term trends aligning. The short-term trend is definitely up. It looks very positive uh, from from a chart perspective in the short term. The long-term trend is just starting to turn around as well. So I think it's a highly perspective there as well. So I'm starting to see some of that longer-term okay. money come into the stock as well. Okay. So yes for you on Eagers? Uh, would, would, I, would I buy it right here? Yep. Yes, I would. I would buy it okay. right now. Yep. Well, Ready? Um, I agree on the short term. I uh, disagree on the long term. No. Um, I think if we look, if we go back in the past, we will, we will see that uh, the likes of Automotive Holdings, which is now part of Eagers, yeah. and Eagers themselves, um, very questionable uh, value creation for shareholders, uh, in particular because we are in an environment globally where new car sales, which is still the bread and butter for, for, for these dealerships, yep. uh, is basically in maybe in structural decline here. Yep. Um, I mean, the likes of uh, Holden, Ford, Toyota, Daihatsu, whatever you want to name them, Mazda, they're all basically facing a decline in, in, in sales numbers, and not just in Australia. And that yep. obviously is something that's going to weigh on this stock yep. further out. But in the short term, they've, they've acquired, I mean, they call the merger, but they've essentially acquired automotive holdings. So what, what that means in the short term is they, they will probably um, get the benefits out of merging two companies together, get rid of the fat that's the overlap the, and all of that. So for, for, for the short term, that, would, that should translate in very good numbers for right. because we've seen that in August. But beyond that, um, I mean, these guys are in the fossil fuel cars. I mean, the electrical cars are coming, you yeah. know I mean? And that's the big challenge uh, for them. So basically, m- my, my thing is, it's if you want to play the, the, the car thematic, ARB Corp car sales are much better uh, yeah. thematics, but arguably those share prices already represent that. Yeah. So for investors who are interested in, in like, like Carl said, if, if your, your horizon is six to 12 months, yeah. this might be one of the stocks that it likely doing well for the reasons I just pointed out. Yeah. 
but I would, I would like to use a very old Wall Street saying, which I've used before, don't get married. Just, <laughs> just date the girl, don't marry her. So a yes from you for the short term, yes. for a year. Exactly. Okay, all right. Um, Rudy, Jeff wants a view on Elders, the big agribusiness. Um, uh, this is like an agricultural managed fund, isn't it? Uh, with all its, its, its bits and pieces. It's yeah. a, it's, agricultural it's, it's, it's an all, all around service provider basically, yeah. it even does property. I, I think it yes. got, my memory serves me correct, it has, it, has, it has sold its banking operations, Yes, but it has still a lot of that. Yeah, yeah it's link, in links. the feed and processing, yes. wool agency, even financial planning, that sort of thing. Uh, exactly. Um, on, a, on a general level, I would say uh, run as far as you can and as fast as you can. Uh, <laughs> this is an agricultural stock and uh, because agricultural stocks by nature have very short cycles, and you yeah. see that in the share prices of a grain corp, of uh, even, a, yeah. even a Costa group, uh, elders in the past as well. Um, the reason why the elder share price is where it is, and it has performed quite well over the past 12 months or so, is because it, it has had a very tough time previously, and that has led to uh, restructuring, selling of assets, uh, streamlining operations, you name all that. And also, it had it had the drought, yep. and that obviously has weighed as well. So on the premise that um, we now don't get a drought and yep. we get better circumstances ahead, that share price is where it is. Yep. But uh, and it may well be that, and, and I know the analysts are quite positive about it for, for on that same horizon as as we we spoke about uh, eagers as well. But we have to still take into account that with, uh, after every sentence I just said, we should all think. Comma, but it is an agricultural company. Yeah. And so, I mean, if we have storms, if we have bushfires, if we have drought, it's yeah. all going to impact, and it's all in the basket of unpredictable. Yeah. So I personally, I for me, it's it's too hard. I mean, right. I would never, uh, I would never. And and you look at its share price; it's at a five-year high at the moment. So at the moment, yes, exactly. Absolutely. And 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 that's. Fully priced. Yes, and yep. that's also the reason Therapy. because it was that low previously. Yeah. So right. you have to see it in, in context as well. Okay. Very volatile, very short-term uh, cycles. Yep. Uh, Carl, what do you think of uh, Elders? Yeah, look, I agree with Rudy in terms of uh, the biggest risk with this business is is the weather um, and natural disasters. So that's, it, you know, it's frustrating uh, that that risk exists because otherwise the business is doing really well. So as Rudy said, they are... Lean and mean, they've um, had, you know had uh, a number of restructurings over the years, but I think they've got the business mix and the model actually quite um, quite well placed at the moment. Um, they are seeing uh, you know a, a, an uplift on the back of um, easing in drought conditions. Uh, they managed to pretty much dodge the um, the bushfires pretty well, um, but you know I talked about uh, AP Eagers having an A report card on their last results. These guys are A plus. I mean it was a really outstanding result. Um, but then, you know, you've got that question mark of um, that's all the past and, and, and you know, weather conditions get worse or, the, or another bushfire and, and the like. But look, just, just on the basis of what I, can, what I can see, because I can't predict those things, um, the investment thesis is sound. It's not expensive by any stretch of the imagination, you know, PE sort of mid-teens. It's got actually quite reasonable growth now, I think, ahead of it. Um, yeah. And I think the chart's reflecting that as well. So looking at the technicals, um, you know, short-term uptrend, long-term uptrend, um, it, you know, it's bottom left, top right and, and heading in, in the right direction. It's outperforming the broader market and there's a really good chance it'll continue to do so on the fact that, uh, you know, the business is, is heading in the right direction. So, you know, if, if, you, if you're holding the stock, you're obviously aware of all of those risks and you've held through those risks for many years probably. 
and therefore I can't see any reason why you would you would change your investment thesis and, and therefore you would continue to hang on to the stock. If you did own the stock, if you're happy with the risk with that Rudy and I have discussed, then I think it's it's actually worth buying here and, and, and hanging on to because I think you could do a lot worse uh, in the market now for what is a fairly stable and, and well-managed mm. company. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you for that, Jeff, uh, for the suggestion. Appreciate it. Uh, Carl, Livia wants a view on one of our big four banks, um, ANZ. How do you see the ANZ at the moment? Um, if you're looking for gains, you know, I talked about that six to 12 month uh, time horizon that markets are you know, sort of forecasting our earnings. Um, I don't think this one's going to outperform by any stretch of the imagination. We talked about structural tailwinds for AP Eagers. Uh, we've got the exact opposite for ANZ. So, you know, considerable structural tailwinds in the future, a lot of uncertainty. You mentioned earlier on what happens when JobKeeper uh, comes off, when um, you know uh, mortgage, uh, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, where, yeah, where you don't the, have to pay your mortgage the, for a little while. That one, yeah, yeah, the repayment pause. Yeah. yeah, you know, pauses and things like that when they come off. And um, you know, heading into this crisis, banks were under pressure in terms of their margins. Anyway, uh, growth rates were very low, single digits, uh, and sometimes um, small single-digit losses. So. Um, you know, we can't even argue now that um, the dividends are going to be fantastic because we may see, you know, a, a, you know, order of magnitude a 25% to 30% knockoff of those for the next couple of years. So um, uh, now, much of everything I've said is going to be ignored by people who are watching this show because they own ANZ. They'll always own ANZ. Nothing I say will change that. If you're one of those investors, I can't see any reason why you'd sell it at this point. Um, because between here and the and, and the and, and the, the bottom it will eventually fi- find it's there's probably 10 to 20 percent why would you bother trying to sell now and trade that there's no point um, if you don't have the stock the question is would you buy it the answer is absolutely no for all the reasons i've talked and the chart reflects all of that as well you know short-term downtrend long-term downtrend uh top top left bottom right there's really nothing in it at this stage to suggest that the selling is going to end anytime soon unfortunately right. okay what, really? a, what a sad story, Harry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also, I was going to say, Carl, if, you, if you're saying, um, if you're in it, you might as well hold it because it will no, find no, a No, no, I mean, if I was, look, David, if I was in it, I'd be selling it because oh, I'd sell it. to maximise. Right. That's, you know, for me. Yeah, because you've got better things to do with your money. Yeah, but I just, I just, so, but if you're in it, I know people have it in self-managed super funds. They, they might be sitting on massive capital gains that they might not want to crystallise. Oh, right. and, okay. and, and if, 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 if we're 10 to 15, 20% max away from the low, yeah, fair uh, enough. You, you're essentially saying, am I going to trade that? Uh, yeah. So I think if you've got it and you're in that yeah. position, no, I don't think it's worth trying to trade yeah. that. Good advice. Uh, okay. Rudy? Let, let, let's put a little bit of broader context around this. The, the, the golden era of banks in Australia officially ended in April 2015. You can see that on price charts, if you don't believe me. And ever since, basically share prices have been sliding. Um, In that same respect, um, if you ever own a bank in Australia, it has been my view that you simply buy CBA and just forget about the other ones. All those narratives that it doesn't matter which which one of the the four you buy, um, they all have been proven wrong time and again. Yep. Uh, CBA is the one that outperforms okay. and has done again in 2020. If you make it a big five with Macquarie, with Macquarie does well that then, change it? Yes, that changes it. Then you right. go for Macquarie. Right, okay. Um, but if you stay with the big four, you go yep. for CBA. Yep. The only time, or one of the few times when that narrative doesn't hold is maybe now, because the gap mm. between CBA and the three other majors is wide. Yep. 
is as wide as uh, between half, between Afterpay and 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 Unibail right? right? Yeah, it's yeah. wide. Yeah. Um, so you can see the rationale from investors that, um, and this I mean, it's similar. I mean, I get the, those questions as well, and it's the same with Telstra. They always ask you when the share price is at, at two dollar seventy, should I sell my Telstra? You go like, maybe not now. <laughs> you should have asked at a dollar higher. Right? And and it's basically the same story. Right. With right. Yeah. So you should have sold. Yes. In February, at twenty five bucks. Well, right. I, I would I would argue you should have sold in in in, in, in May twenty fifteen, <laughs> and and done something else with your money. But yeah. okay, that's me, me. Harry hindsight is very wealthy and very rich. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. I, I agree with with Carl, but for different reasons. I wouldn't sell here because arguably, uh, the banks are genuinely cheaply priced. But there is a reason for it, and and Carl hinted at those reasons. We probably have yet to see uh, the the full fallout from from this year's recession. Right. Just to make a comparison, after the GFC, it, th that that whole impact from the GFC, and we did not have a recession in Australia, took about three four years. Yeah. And there's no reason to assume that this will this will will be different. So we will still be, be dealing with small companies going bankrupt, amongst other things, next year and the year thereafter. Yeah. That's all impacting on banks. Um, I mean. As a value investor, which I'm not, by the way, but as a value investor, you can see the attraction. I mean, the asset is cheap. Yeah. It's a matter of time. But I would argue you have to be patient. It, mm. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take a while. This is not the recovery so what, we've seen after the GFC. Two, three, four year patient. Yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah. So that is exactly. So there, there, is a, there is patience required. Yeah. And in the meantime, yes, those dividends probably will creep up from here. But also, again, it's going to take a long time, maybe seven, eight years, before they're back at the level where they were in 2018, before right. they started cutting in 2019. Okay. So anyway, it's going to be a long, drawn-out story, and you just have to question yourself whether that is the type of investment you're looking at. Okay. I mean, right. so, I mean, I think that's a no for me. Yeah. <laughs> and Livia, that, Livia, that's a question you've got to be asking yourself. Sorry, Carl. No, no, I was just laughing at Rudy's comments. Yeah. <laughs> Livia, there are a lot of questions to ask there, but I think uh, the big four banks have been described to me over the months that we've been doing the call as uh, long-term capital killers. Um, our experts have laughed when it's come up and said, just why would you? Um, all right, but thank you for sending in the question. Uh, Josh, Josh, I'd never heard of this business until you suggested it, uh, that we cover it here on the call. Race Oncology, it's a pharmaceutical company um, in the business of cancer drugs, uh, chemotherapy drugs. It's got one called Bizantrine, um, which is in uh, phase two uh, uh, clinical studies. Uh, it's uh, one of these little med techs that we're so good at here in Australia. We definitely are. Um, which, and thanks for bringing it up. I, I love yeah. sort of learning about stocks like this. Uh, Rudy, what do you think of race oncology? Besides that, we should all lobby the, the Australian government to, to spend a lot more time on where we're good at. Yeah. And that's not necessarily digging stuff out of the ground. Yeah. That is healthcare. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and mm -hmm. a lot of these uh, medtechs, healthcare stocks, um, are born out of our universities, out of yes. our researchers and scientists, yes. and we should be backing them. And yeah, it's, my, it's my understanding because of our, of our tax regime and, and other, uh, that often the best way for those for people who start these companies is at some point just selling out to a foreigner yeah. 
yeah. instead of keeping those trailer and keeping it going. Right. Um, yeah. uh, and that's a shame as well. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming that the question became because we have actually published a story about this company in, in August. Right. Uh, it's a very interesting story. It's essentially, it should be less a risk because what they've done, if they've uh, taken a, a treatment that um, was already tested in the past, but somehow because of mergers between companies had, had been lying somewhere no. in the bottom drawer. Wow. And these guys thought like, well, it shouldn't be there. It yeah. should be, it should be used. So they're, 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 they're trying to do that. But, so it's a very interesting story, but you already said it yourself. We're still only at phase two trials. Yeah. So, I mean, this and this, it's in, the, in the bigger scheme of things, I know the share price has jumped up a lot, which all of a sudden blows up the, the market capitalization. But it still is a company that doesn't have a, a product to sell and is still doing doing um, surveys, investigations, and research. Yeah? Right. So, again, you have to you have to do this with with your own risk assessment yeah. and. The volatility in these in these this type of stocks can be incredibly high. Yeah. If we, in very simplistic terms, if we get a Nasdaq meltdown between now and year end, this share price could could go down by eighty percent. Right. Uh -huh. Okay. If we don't get a Nasdaq meltdown and they go <laughs> on to new highs, this share yeah. price can go to a new high. Right. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, it's all about the progress that they are booking and and sharing with the public via the ASX right. website, basically. Yeah. So again, it's a long term story. It's still highly speculative. It's a micro cap. Um, so it would be a story of you can put some money in there and just don't bother what right. the share price does in the meantime. Because if they do get it right, of course, today's share price will look like, right. look like a bargain. So you've got to pick your time, don't you, with the stocks. Right? Bubble along, research, yeah. test, test, uh, regulatory yes. approvals. Can I get it into hospitals? All, and it basically flatlines. Then it gets to a point where it all comes together yes. and you've got a viable product that yes. can yes. actually make money. Yes. So how far away are we from that oh, th th this viable could, this, product? This could still be a few years. Right. This okay. could still be uh, 24, year, 24 months or so. Right. And that is, yep. again, the problem. Huh? Yep. And then still in that 24 months, there's no guaranteed success. Yes. And then yep. they still have to, if they do are successful, they will, they will, no doubt, will have to raise money as well. Right. So it's not that simple. And it's yes. ha had a big jump up already. Yes. So uh, yes or no for you? Oh, no. I, I think for most for most punters, that is way too risky. Okay. I, would, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, Carl? Yeah, look, I agree. It's, uh, it's too risky for me. Um, they, they are making some progress, but they are years. I mean, it's years away from making their first uh, net dollar of profit. Uh, they're losing about... $4 million a year. They've got cash of about six in the bank. So that would suggest to me that a capital raising is probably within a year away. Um, yeah, you've, I mean, it's it's all about timing with these things. And I don't, uh, for me, it, it, it's not worth uh, taking the risk that you could be stuck in this for a very long time. Uh, we've talked about that uh, pop-up in the share price that it's had. Rudy's correct. Uh, you could very easily find yourself in six to 12 months' time with uh, half the money that you put into this just from the fact that, uh, that the news flow uh, ebbs to, 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 to nothing and, and, and people just get tired of holding on. So uh, I, won't, uh, I won't go on too much longer than that. I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. I think we, we both are known. You just way. need to look at Mesoblast and it gets a spike every time there's a story. The, these, at this stage of their development, these companies are all about the story, is that? Where yeah. you've got well, David, trials me, or phases. 
Yeah, but Miso Blast has got revenues. At least they've got revenues yeah. to support their ongoing research and development. Yeah. These guys have zero revenues. Yeah, so there's but, nothing there. but only after so many years, yeah? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Miso Blast was in a similar position. Yeah. Um, uh, so thanks, Josh, for, for that. We might do more on Ausbiz, find out a bit more about it. It's an interesting one to mark down and catch up with their executives. Uh, Michaela wants a view, Carl, on Hanson Technologies. Now, this is a a technology business that basically does billing systems, doesn't it, for um, for utilities, pay TV, I think they do Foxtels. And some, you, and some telecommunications as well. Yeah, 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 telecommunications. When you get your Foxtel bill, it's not from Foxtel, it's basically from Hanson Technologies. Yeah. They, they run all that administration. Uh, Carl, what do you think of Hanson? Yeah, look, I like it. Um, another A-plus um, report from these guys in their last uh, full year. Um, it's a very defensive sort of tech stock. You don't get to say that very often, do you? Wow. Defensive oh, tech that's stock. That's a contradiction so, in terms. <laughs> well, it is a little bit, but you know, they do, like I say, they do do the billing for a number of utilities. They do the billing for your, your Foxtel and, and other things like that. Um, so, you know, Australians didn't didn't give up their you know utilities or, or Foxtel. Uh, throughout the throughout the pandemic, and nor they they're likely to do that anytime soon. So you know, earnings were were defensive. They're they're, they're, they're growing customers anyway, so they you know they're very good at doing that and re retaining and growing customers. Got very high uh, customer satisfaction scores. Um, if you look in look look in, look into their report. Um, so yeah, look, I I think looks looks fantastic. Um, cash flows were up forty six percent. It doesn't look expensive, so that's a, that's another con you know a, you know confounding feature of this one. It's a tech stock that has growth. That's defensive and it's not expensive. Um, you know, it has a dividend. They uh, they increase their dividends. Um, it's a reasonable yield. Not shooting the lights out about two and a half percent. The chart is 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 just as much of a, a conundrum as well because it was doing really poorly until that full year result. So that full year result completely shocked the market, um, and, and and therefore it spiked up on that. But typically, what we see when you get such a positive surprise and and the business is doing well. Uh, once you get that spike, we see a little bit of a consolidation like we're seeing around that sort of $4 level now. Uh, and then and gradually over time, the price will tend to move up from there as uh, as investors who sort of just waiting for the pullback realise that pullback's not coming. Uh, I like the stock. I want to get involved. So I'm going to have to start to chip up a little bit here. So, uh, look, I'm happy to buy it on the basis of, of the fundamentals. Uh, the technicals is probably, you know, anyway, if you can pick it up between 380 and $4, I think that's uh, that's probably a good level. I wouldn't chase it too much higher in the near term because I think you've got a little bit of time mm. to work your entry on this one. But okay. otherwise, yeah, it looks pretty good. All right, ready? I'm looking for a bell. Is there a, <laughs> is there a bell somewhere? Because we do have officially a disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay, for full disclosure, I owned this stock uh, quite a number of years ago. And I was buying. Everyone likes it. Uh, I was no, buying you're not in, bias. in that same. So and I was buying not investors' I was, remorse. I was buying. No, no. I was buying in that same narrative. That this is a high-quality defensive business and, and and stable customers and all of that. And I think actually this is a nothing nothing stock. I mean, right. it it is none of that. If in, um, 15 years ago, it it paid a dividend of seven cents. For a while, it paid six. Today, it's going to pay eight progress right so it has paid 10 percent one year in between but i mean it basically the dividends to me tell you everything you need to know about how well this right. company looks after its shareholders it doesn't right yes it has stable uh customers but somehow the customers are benefiting more than than hansen basically right. 
in the past it has had an active acquisition uh, policy and that basically has contributed to the growth but on its own I think the customers are having I mean, all the benefits here and um, it, it, I was almost about to say irregardless which is very very controversial I should say regardless yeah. um, but apparently they, they mean both the same thing right um, <laughs> um, but um, I would say uh, you only buy it when it's down on its knees and, yeah. and there goes your story about defensive See, defensive for me is when the market sells off that you don't for sell off. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Woolies and CSL. Huh? Yeah. If your share price halves when the market falls, like where's the, the, where's the defensive? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So anyway, when that happens, you buy it. But again, you just date it for the time being until it recovers and right. then just move on elsewhere. Okay. I All think right. it's a nothing next stock. Uh, All right. That's pretty high at the moment. Uh, let's just recap uh, our first five stocks, including the stock of the day. Uh, a note from Seek which was our stock of the day from both Carl and Rudy. Um, Eagles Automotive, um, a yes from Carl and a yes from Rudy for the short term, only for a year or so. I think that's still good enough to get into the calls portfolio. Uh, Elders, uh, a no from Rudy. Carl uh, quite likes it and says if you're in it, um, hold it as well. ANZ, a no from both. Uh, Race Oncology, uh, love what they're doing but a no from both too high a risk, but um, we all hope it succeeds um, and really does pay off for shareholders. Uh, Hanson Technology, a yes from Carl, a no from Rudy. Um, here on the call, um, we have our own call portfolio, which we've been tracking since the 1st of July. If uh, both our experts give a stock a yes, a thumbs up, it goes into the portfolio. So far today, Eagles Automotive gets added to it. Let's check to see how it's going. It's up uh, over 2% uh, for this week, four and just over 4% for the month. And since the 1st of July, it's up just over 11.5%. And take a look at some of the stocks that have been added um, recently. ABA Group, Silver Lake Resources, RPM Global, United Malt and Santos, uh, and Zero dropped out of the portfolio. So if there's a stock in the portfolio that's already there and it comes up again for the panel, if it doesn't get a unanimous um, yes on it, it then gets dropped out. And it's all about just how you need to constantly be monitoring your portfolio and keeping up to date with, uh, with what the company's doing. You can check out all the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. We'll keep checking it every day. Um, and join us this afternoon uh, when the team is joined by Daniel Foggo, uh, the Chief Executive of Plenty, joins us uh, ahead of the company's IPO next week. That's at 1.20 Eastern here on Ausbiz. All right, let's get into uh, the second half of the call. And Carl, uh, Ben Watts, a view on MNF Group. Um, it's a... Um, what do you call it? A, a communications platform, isn't it, for uh, for governments and um, um, sort of corporate customers as well, um, and some residential. It's one of these groups that that you know you have your VoIP calls and brings it all together in one platform. Yeah, basically, I, I couldn't have summarised it uh, much better than that. Yeah, effectively, you know, telecommunications company um, doing reasonably well. Uh, you know, I mentioned a couple of A-plus uh, results on the companies earlier on. This would be probably more of a, a B-minus. Um, didn't do terribly um, on, on the back of, obviously, uh, COVID factors. 
um, some uh, upside from you know structural changes in terms of um, working from home. Uh, so the, if you believe the the company's commentary going forward, they've said they've had a pretty good start uh, to FY21. On the on the back of that, they're predicting that those uh, tailwinds will be supportive going forward. Um, but sort of you know looking outside of that, taking the you know the 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 COVID bump if you want to call it out of it. Um, a fairly inconsistent company in terms of uh, growing their earnings over the last sort of five years. So there has been, you know, growth over periods. Um, you know, they've they've been profitable consistently over that time. But in terms of growing those earnings and making the most of uh, shareholders' capital, they haven't really done uh, fantastically well on that. I think the share price kind of reflects that as well. You can see on on screen right now, it starts almost exactly at the same place uh, 12 months ago as it is right now. Um, so it kind of reflects the fact that you know the fundamentals aren't shooting the lights out. Um, you know it's a steady company, it's a fairly reliable company, but we're not seeing that substantial growth in a technology company that investors love to pay for. Uh, not particularly cheap uh, when you consider that the growth really isn't there at this point in time, uh, and therefore it'd be hard for me to recommend people run out and buy it right now. So technicals not fantastic, fundamentals sound, but not shooting the lights out. So hardly you know an investment case there. Okay, Rudy. Where's the bell? <laughs> Disagreeing again. Anyway, oh, um, uh, don't sell zero shares. By the way, <laughs> uh, full disclosure: I, I recently bought MNF uh, in the portfolio because ah. uh, I thought the the pullback after the results was one of those moments when you can buy the stock. Right. Um, and 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 probably the sellers were all on the, on the, on the side of the commentary we just heard. Yeah. Um, I think. For, for starters, everyone makes the telecommunication company, but the company itself sees itself as a software service provider. Ah. Um, and they see themselves as uh, developing increasingly new products that, that, that at some point will, will benefit and will benefit the shareholders and, and add, add to growth. Everything Carl said is correct. They've gone through a phase where they actually had to make a lot of investments. But we have to realize that these guys are actually building their own infrastructure. Yeah. And, if, and, and that it, it's it, in the initial phase requires a lot of capital, a lot of effort and, and all of that. And you still have to get your customers on board. For people who want to get a little bit of a feel what they do, if we're all Zooming and Skyping, yep. then the chances are very high that they are responsible for the traffic. Ah. Um, th they basically have those contracts. Also ah. with Uber. And, um, and so they have some really big customers, Microsoft for Microsoft team. And, and that's basically where they're going to make their money. And they right. basically built their own infrastructure between here and, and, and Singapore, Asia. So a lot of that traffic uh, should right. at some stage benefit the shell. So I actually think, I'm, I'm, I'm with management on the side here. They are predicting that all the investments they've made and all the customers they've, they've got on board uh, will now start paying off. Right. And on that So they can start building their margins. And on that basis, uh, they're in my portfolio now. Okay, yes. even at this price? Oh, definitely. Yep. I, would, I would have bought around this price because the share price is sort of like post the result not doing much. Yeah. So uh, it would be at this around this level I would have bought. Yes. Right. Okay. All right. We're not, um, not going to stop, stop zooming and using Uber uh, over the next few no. months. It's it certainly changed the way we approach everything, hasn't yes. it? Um, all right. Uh, thank you for that, Ben. Uh, Ripon uh, wants us to take a look at clean tech. Now. What would you describe this, yeah, Rudy? It's sort of a mining yeah. tech business. It, it has both, that, yes. That makes, it's got a, a technology that allows you to get um, 
more of the minerals out of the dig that you do, uh, the dirt that you dig up. Would that be a, a fair description? They also do um, um, how do you call it the the cleaning of water as well. So ah, right. They, okay. So, th right. so it's a you've seen the name clean tech. That's obviously how they started, but they've right. they've sort of they're sort of adding mining operations, which is aimed at the new battery outlook. So it's it's right. nickel, it's cobalt, and it's cadmium. Mm. Okay. Um, this is obviously why we got the inquiry well, from Ripon because yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly, it's gone from exactly. eighteen cents to thirty. My my, my understanding is, and I only follow this company um, a little bit on the sidelines because it, it again it's one of those companies that the volatility can be very high, and they yeah. have a long track record of continuously disappointing the market, ah, right, right. amongst other things, because they continuously have to have, had to, have um, to increase their, their, their spending on, on their projects, basically. And investors get tired of, of, of seeing them spending almost more, more money every time. Right. Um, so my understanding is that they are about to release another update on, on their Sunrise mm. uh, project. And that's part of the reason why the share price is up. Right? right. But we don't know. We don't know what's coming yet. But gee, and, look at um, oh, yeah, yes. oh yeah, yes. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, we're getting yeah, yes. a twenty eight day. You know. Oh yeah, yes. Dollar sixty five. Often, often when you're when you're in, in a position like companies like CleanTech, when you're not producing, there's those are, that can be golden times. Yeah. All you need is that the market is very enthusiastic about the products you have, right. and they price in blue sky. Yeah? Right. Okay. And, and from the moment you are producing, that's when often the problems uh, arrive. Now, these yeah. guys are not producing, but uh, again, I would, for, for, for out of a risk, uh, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I mean, as a punt, yes, but a, as an investment, no. Right. Carl? Uh, yeah, look, uh, look, Blue Sky is the way, is the best way to describe this one. It's a you know, fantastic story, really interesting uh, technology that they're developing there. I think, um, you know, you can talk about, uh, Know, what is it? It's the key phrase at the moment? Total addressable market, isn't it? Uh, the total addressable market for this is, you know, trillions and trillions of dollars because they're potentially um, going to make uh, components for electric batteries, you know, uh, Tesla, all that sort of stuff. So wonderful, wonderful um, story to it. Uh, in terms of the financials, uh, nothing's, you know, there's really nothing going for it in terms of financials. It doesn't make any money. It's all costs at this stage. Uh, the cost is significant. Uh, in my notes here, we say it's losing about $18 million a year. It's burning about $40 million a year, and it's got $40 million in the bank. Uh, so if you do the maths, we've got a capital raising coming up fairly shortly. Uh, fortuitously for them, we've got this wonderful tech bubble that's going on right now where these stocks can do really well, get nice inflated share prices so that they can raise uh, more capital at, at, at a higher price today than they did last week. Um, having given all of those negative disclaimers away right there, We'll go into this thing eyes wide open. You know it's a punt. It's nothing more than that. I think it's worth a punt here. I'm not going to put the house on it. Put a small part of the uh, very small part of my capital on it. Around 30 cents. You know, it could be 60 cents in six months. It could be two dollars. Who knows how crazy the market's about to get? But understand, it could be three cents as well. Okay. Right. And so mainly, I look. I think the story is fantastic. The financials are horrific. The chart looks interesting, you know. Okay. So the chart is the chart is tied to all the blue sky on the upside, isn't it? It's clearly not yep. tied to the, to the financials. Right. So so yeah. go into it, understanding what you're getting. And good marketing to have tech in the name, except with a Q rather <laughs> than a C H on the end of it. I, I love that. It, um, it ticks if, all they, the boxes. if they really want to market their share price, they should make a Bitcoin in the name. <laughs> 
just 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 change it to something to do with Tesla. You know, I mean, it, look, yeah, it, it's right. electric. It's it's electric vehicles. You know, it's it's clean technology. It's you know, it's got all the right stuff going for it yeah. in, in terms okay. of PR PR at the moment. All right, okay, Carl. Let's go from blue sky to blue scope, as in steel. Shezzy wants <laughs> a view on that. The uh, flat steel producer basically famous for it produces colour bonds. So if you've ever had the colour bond steel at home or on your roof or whatever, uh, this is the company that uh, operates not only here, but throughout the region, China, Indonesia, uh, India, um, Vietnam, the whole lot. What, what do you think of Blue Scope? Yeah, you couldn't get any less blue sky than blue scope, could you, compared to our, our last uh, stock that yep. we were talking about? Because it is, it is one of those old world, very old school, boring, type of companies you know it's not software as a service it's you know highly capital intensive um dependent on uh, on on uh, you know, cyclic cyclical conditions in the economy um but you know having said that they've got some pretty good exposure to uh the u.s housing market at the moment which we know is doing very well i mean some incredible um data coming out on the u.s housing market in terms of its strength going forward uh we could see a bit of a bounce here as well uh, you know, that's a tough one locally, but obviously there's some stimulus measures out there. I do have some buddies uh, in the local building industry that said they went from uh, signing, you know, 11 contracts uh, in a month to 150 contracts in a month. Oh. Um, so that, you know, that's going to bear out as well in the short term. So, you know, some short term uh, structural tailwinds from what's going on. They've got some China exposure as well. Um, and, you know, I, I think they've done pretty well in, in the way they've, they've turned this business around. So, you know, that's all reflected in the, in the chart as well. So we've got a nice short-term uptrend. We've got a nice long-term uptrend as well. Um, but it's not something that's really, you know, getting me too excited. So I think it's very sound um, at this point in time. I think it's a hold. It's not a buy. Um, but, you know, hope, hopefully we're seeing high prices for Blue Scope, you know, in, a yep. six, in six to 12 months. Okay, really? And, and that's how Carl let me off the hook. Because I, I was otherwise going to be very much in doubt whether I could do positive. Because if I'm positive after Carl, it goes into the portfolio. Um, and he put on a hold so I can be positive. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, don't forget they have uh, uh, operations in the United States. Yep. And that basically has saved their bacon to a certain extent. Yeah, when, Trump went, when Trump went buy America first, yeah. closed the borders for foreign steel, they were, they, I mean, my understanding was from industry sources that even the steel that was just rotting away somewhere in the inventory got, got bought at, at real prices. Right. Yeah? Okay. Because you couldn't get steel in, everything that's in America all of a sudden becomes valuable. So right. they've done really, really well there. To understand Blue and by the way, I'm old enough to remember when they got spun out of yes. VHP. Yeah. Um, just as a sidebend, showing my age here. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, the characteristic of Blue Scope, and, and people should really understand this, uh, is that's, that. that signifies the, 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 the volatility in the share price. They have a, 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 a basic, basic cost of doing business, which they, they can, you can't get out of that. I mean, you can't just yeah. close it down and start it up again. I mean, so in the bad times, the share price gets absolutely clobbered because the profits will go deep in the negative. Yeah. In the good times, the leverage just works at the upside because those costs pretty much remain the same and everything that comes on top of it is, is new profits. Right. At this point in time, the share market is really looking forward to, um, I mean, if it's not called the reflation trade, it's definitely the recovery trade. Yeah. Stocks that haven't done, haven't performed in the same way as for example, a, a Woolworths or a Fish and Pickle Healthcare and a ResMed throughout the pandemic period we've had. Yeah. So if we are going to 
looking forward to to society that's opening up again and we, and, and we can we can sort of normalize life again then blue scope should be beneficiary of that mm, and on okay. that basis with the leverage that's that's inherent in that business i would say this is probably worth more than just a punt mm, okay. uh, because if the good news arrives it yep. will arrive with a share price that will literally storm higher okay all right there you go uh, Shezzy, thanks for that suggestion. Um, need to get through our last two stocks. Uh, Rudy, Nick Scarley, the, uh, uh, the furniture uh, retailer yeah. that's been shooting the lights out, not only profit-wise, but on the share market the last couple of months. A very little dapper performer in that sector. It's yeah. probably the best in that particular niche. Yeah. Um, it's obviously, it has all the benefits from, uh, from people being locked down in their houses. Yeah and deciding, I need a new sofa. Yep. <laughs> um, it's long in the short of it, basically. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning the, 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 the longevity of it. Right. Um, so I think on a six months basis, this probably looks okay as a share price. Yeah. But if you go back to the past, the share price can, can easily uh, go very low, much lower again. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't personally, I wouldn't buy it at this level. I would buy Nick Scarly when it's down. Right. And, and, and when, you're, when, and when the, the downside has been priced in, yeah. instead of um, going for the golden, golden era, which they, mm. are, they are basically experiencing right now. Yep, absolutely. Look at that from $3.10 to almost uh, yes. nine bucks at one stage. Um, Carl, what do you think of Nick Scarlett? Yeah, look, it has had a good run from those lows, but you know, you can remember when we were at those lows, it, it did feel like the end of the world, and yep. uh, you know, huge, huge unemployment, and uh, nobody would ever spend any money again. Fast forward a few months, and boy, were we wrong about that. Yep. Uh, maybe not so much on the you know, unemployment, but geez, people continue to spend um, through through that crisis. Uh, I mentioned some data earlier on that said a lot of uh, that stimulus has been saved, not spent. Uh, for me, that, you know, that, that says that the people who were struggling weren't the ones buying new sofas. It was the people who had maintained their employment and yeah. really weren't going on holidays and had nowhere else to spend it and knew they were going to be sitting on their backsides for a while and wanted to be a bit more comfortable. Um, Rudy's absolutely correct in terms of those, uh, we, you know, there's that phrase again, isn't it, structural tailwinds? We keep mentioning this as analysts. Um, it just means that things are changing, but, you know, it doesn't mean they're changing forever. Uh, but I do think that, the, you know, the, the company is 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 quite cheap. I mean, it's it's, you look, it's on a PE of about 13, and it's growing mm. its earnings. Now, now look, everything's based upon the future. It's going to be growing its earnings. In, you know, high sing, high high double digits probably for the next couple couple of years. So if you're at a PE of 13 and you've got you know 15 to 20, I mean that's been conservative because they're they're way higher than that what they've done in the last 12 months. So I'm being really conservative here and saying 15 to 20 percent growth over the next couple of years. The market is going to like that. The market is going to going to re-rate the re-rate the stock. So I think you, I, I, you know, I think you you do need to buy it here. You know, and and and, yep. and of course there are risks, and, and and I totally respect those. It has pulled back a little bit. So um, if we talk about where it was, it was three dollars at the bottom, but it was about seven bucks, eight bucks before the crisis yep. started. So essentially, you're getting it at the same price before the crisis started. Hmm. But the upside is significantly significantly more. So you know, okay. no, it's definitely a buy for me. I think take yep. advantage of the recent pullback and buy it around those levels. Okay, uh, well, need to whip through this uh, this last okay. one. Uh, John wants a view, Carl, on Collins Food. Um, they own the the KFC franchises here in Australia and Taco Taco Bell, also Sizzle Restaurants, which I didn't think there are any of those left, but. Uh, 
apparently they're big in Southeast Asia where where Collins Foods um, owns them as well. They've got KFC in Germany uh, and the Netherlands and, and Taco Bell uh, around the region as well. What do you think of Collins? Look, I, I like this one. We can talk about structural tailwinds again and certainly getting a bit of a pickup uh, from, from what's been going on with COVID, uh, people you know, going to fast foods. I'm less enthusiastic about this one than uh, Nick Scarly simply because of the valuation. So it's, you know, yeah. it's considerably more expensive than Nick Scarly. Um, but growth is good. It's well run. It's fairly defensive. Uh, from a technical perspective, the trends are, trends are sound. You know, short-term uptrend, long-term uptrend. Uh, on that basis, look, I'd, I'd have to say I have to buy it here because it, it meets all my criteria, but it's not my top pick in the sector. Okay. All right. Uh, is Domino's in there? Uh, Domino's is – yeah, I do like Domino's. So I definitely right. pick Domino's over over this one uh, okay. every day. Yeah. All right. I, I would too, by the way. Oh. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really? pick Collins. Um, right. Collins is a much smaller company, um, which yep. means much more volatility. Um, it's junk food, let's face it. Yep. Um, I still think on a medium term outlook, uh, junk food um, will become less and less attractive yep. as people become more health conscious. Um, and for the short term, yeah, well, I mean, they're going through a very good period and that's priced in. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's a no for me. Okay. All right. Let's just recap the uh, the final five stocks. MNF, uh, a no from uh, from Carl, a yes from Rudy. Um, Clean Tech, uh, a no from uh, from Rudy. Um, but Carl's saying, look, if you want to pump, um, have a look at it. Uh, Blue Scope still a hold from Carl, a yes from uh, Rudy. Nick Scarley, um, a yes from Carl. Uh, Rudy likes Nick Scarley, but buy it on a pullback um, from these prices. And uh, Collins Food both agree that uh, uh, if you want to get into that sector, Domino's probably looks a bit better. Carl Capoinga from Think Markets, really good to see you, mate. Thank you for joining us today. And always Rudy, a pleasure. Always Thanks, a pleasure Dave. as usual. It's mutual good to see you. <laughs> he had his good eye and his evil eye during that hour. You'll soon get to know him, that's for sure. And that's our show for today. Any stocks you'd like us to cover here, email them through the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Uh, reminder, if you want to look at all the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Um, just before we, uh, we go from the call, if you're missing key parts of the day, the trading day and market moves, you can always catch up at the end of the day through the COB newsletter. Scuddy and Nadine bring you the very latest of uh, what has happened during the day. Just subscribe at osbiz.co slash join. It'll be in your inbox at 5.30 every afternoon. And the Startup Daily Show is on between two and three as usual. And today they're joined by Laura Keeley, the founder of Legal Tech Immediation, uh, which has just signed a big deal with the courts to offer dispute resolution through the courts. That's a Startup Daily Show for anything private capital, private equity, startups, scale-ups, venture capital. So a lot ahead on Ausbiz throughout the afternoon. Stick around. I'll see you same time tomorrow.